And Luz Diaz did it again. As the Mets were on the precipice of another big win Monday, Ed Nowin Diaz blew another key save to drop the Mets to four games back in the division. Precipice, Jake? If you can't spell it, I don't think you should use it. But anyway, we dive into the latest brutal loss, the team playing better baseball in this last week, and we look ahead to our Catch Astoria live fundraiser podcast on Friday. Little did you know I was in the spelling bee in the fifth grade and finished in eighth place. Our guest this week will help us look back to that memorable post-9-11 Mike Piazza Homer 20 years later as the executive director of Heritage Works, Charlie Toronto, joins us. So stay calm, Mets fans. They're not done just yet. And commiserate with us on Amazing But True from the New York Post. Queens, New York. Mets take the field. So amazing. Amazing but true. Orange and blue. So amazing. Here's the pitch. New York, folks. It's out of here. We got you. Welcome, welcome to this edition of... The Amazing But True Podcast. I am your host, Nelson Figueroa. You can find me on Twitter, at FiggyNY. And my co-host, who normally starts this show, is trying to find himself. He's trying to find reasons to keep going and reasons to keep believing. He feels that this is the greatest loss of the season by far, but possibly in Mets history because how he was let down. Yet again, Edwin Diaz found a way to destroy hope for all of us. Twice already in this series, two blown saves. That makes a nice round six, half dozen that he's blown on the season. And Met fans, there is no rejoicing on this Labor Day. The one person we wish that really had off on Labor Day would have been Edwin Diaz. But unfortunately, he did not. Wasn't able to finish off the Nats in the middle of their order and walks kill. I don't know if I can stress that enough. It's not the hits that he gives up. It's the walks. It puts guys on for free instead of challenging them to hit his 99-mile-an-hour fastball. But having said all that, and trying to give you guys reason to watch or listen to this podcast, I'm going to bring on Jake now, see if he's ready for this. 17 blown saves in two seasons plus a 60-game season. So that's what figure. We'll do the quick math here. That's 324 games plus 60 is 384 games. You extrapolate a full season of last year. You want to use big words. That's really about 23, 24 blown saves. That comes out to about eight blown saves a year, which is pathetic. Edwin Diaz, or as some people like to call Ed Luz Diaz, everyone wants to stroke his ego saying, oh, look at the numbers. He's been fantastic this season. He's been so good. Look how good he's been. And every time people want to say that, he sucks it all up. He stinks. And two blown saves in the weekend. The Mets offense had to back him up on Friday night, and then the Bats had to back him up. Well, listen, the Bats couldn't back him up too long. We know how bad this lineup has been, and it's why we were stunned at what they did on Saturday and over this series. And there was so much excitement going into Labor Day with the Padres off, with the Braves off. The Mets can gain a half game automatically if they win. And this guy comes in. On a day where everyone's barbecuing, we're the only ones in America podcasting on Labor Day, as Jim Brewer lets you know that why the heck are you podcasting when everyone's grilling on a beach, getting tan, and my fat ass is sitting in the AC watching this guy lose a monstrous game for the Mets in September. Here we are. They reeled me back in like a fish. I just had a lobster roll at the street fair when the game started. I got my coffee. I got a lobster roll. 
I got a King's chain. I got three T-shirts. And here we are watching Trevor Williams give up a nice game of five innings, two runs, and they have a 3-2 lead. And this guy walks two guys and gives up a hit to Andrew Stevenson. Who is Andrew Stevenson? He sounds like the 13th president of the United States of America, Andrew Stevenson. It's Juan Soto, Andrew Stevenson, and a bunch of AAA players beating up on Ed Luz Diaz. And I'm sick and tired of this guy blowing big game after big game after big game after big game. That's right. Quadruple XL. We're shopping at Big and Tall today. He keeps blowing Big games, and this was a backburner, Figgy. When you talk about four out of five going into Miami, three more games against a bad team, and doing it against a team that won the game to get them out of last place. They're tied for last place with the Marlins, who the Mets are about to play. That is a game you badly need, and I was pumped to go into this show saying, you know what, we're three games out. Let's have some fun. We said let's get within three games going into that final series against the Braves. Well, they did it on Labor Day. Until Diaz blew it. You could say, you know, he didn't touch home plate there. It was impossible to overturn that, really, even if he didn't. There wasn't conclusive was ev- evidence. Escobar. Yeah, there just wasn't enough evidence at Escobar that he, you know, missed home. Might have been, but that's besides the point. Edwin Diaz gave up the hit, and it's frustrating, man. And it's it's tough to go into next year with him being the closer. He just continues to blow big games, and it's infuriating to watch in big spots to do it twice in one weekend, Figgy, against the Nationals. And in 10 appearances with the Mets at Nationals Park, Edwin Diaz has a 12.70 array with three blown saves in six opportunities. You're getting to the point where you got to consider using newly signed Brad Hand or consider using Aaron Loop, who's been the best signing the Mets have had to be your closer because I don't know in a, in a playoff stretch here at four games out in the division, four and a half in the wild card, if I could really trust Edwin Diaz down the stretch. I said last year i trade him for a pack of Dunkaroos. Well, I'm getting back to that point. Even though Dunkaroos aren't as rare as they were back then, maybe i trade him for a pack of these dunk sneakers that everyone goes after, these dunks that everyone goes for on the sneakers app. Give me a pair of dunk sneakers for Edwin Diaz because I'm sick of watching him. Okay, first off, let's put a pin in the uh, lobster roll at a street fair. We'll come back to that. Second of all, Connecticut you, lobster roll. I like it hot, not cold. No, sec- no New England. Second of all, second of all, you said that Edwin Diaz has blown extrapolating in all twenty four saves in three years. So that would average about blowing one save, one point two saves a month, and that's a bad thing. Did Mariano do that? Did the whoa, elite whoa, whoa, closers whoa, whoa, do that? Whoa, 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 You can't go right to the top. Really? That's where you're going? That's, right, that's Trevor Hoffman? That's where you're did setting Billy the bar? Wa- Billy Wagner? How about Billy Wagner? Pull up his stats. Brian, pull up Billy Wagner's stats I, right I would, now. I would love to do all that, but here's the thing. You also had three out of the five starters trying to go for complete games, giving you more than 4.2 innings pitched. You didn't have this guy either pitching or warming up every other day. So all these guys, I told you this, the one biggest concern I had was not the bat. It was going to be the bullpen. The bullpen is on fumes. You see it with every guy. One day Lugo's good. One day Lugo's bad. One day Trevor May's good. One day Trevor May's bad. Familia, all of them, except for Aaron Loop. And he made one mistake, and you didn't want to let him live that one down. He gave up the double to Crawford, and you were like, no, why? Listen, this is what happens with bullpens. This is what happens in these close games. The Mets in one-run games have got to figure out a way to turn it around. They've had the most one-run games in all of baseball coming into this point, and they've lost the last 10 of their last 11 in the one run. And you, this goes back to the Dodgers game. So when they went and played the Dodgers, and they were the best in all of baseball at one-run games, they were playing the Dodgers, and the Dodgers were one of the worst 
at one run games. And that was where it stood there. They only had one, one game. I think it was, then they beat the Mets in those six or seven games that they played them. They wound up beating the Mets four out of the six times by one run. So that got them on that trail, that, that winning track, I would say. Was this a crushing defeat? Yes. Is it the end all? No. Doesn't matter if you're a half game, the three games being out and going into Atlanta doesn't matter until you're going to Atlanta. We know that already because the Mets were in first place for 90 games. Does anyone care that they were in first place for 90 games? Is that, is that the rally cry we're going with? That's not where we need to be. What we need to be focused on is this team is hitting better. They're starting to, the starting pitching is starting to get a little bit better, not giving up two, three runs in the first inning to uh, put the team behind. And then they're pitching a little bit deeper into the ball game so that you can take advantage of some of these plus arms that you want to have in the back end. Things are actually turning around. This team is gelling around. And since Thumbgate, we have seen much more inspired play all the way around. The defense has been spectacular. Spectacular. You've seen play after play after play being made. You've seen some of the most unorthodox double plays because of these shifts. You have a talented group out there right now that's playing. And J.D. Davis is sitting on the bench. And this is a guy who, you know, is batting for all case purposes over 300 still. You can't even find a spot for him to play in. VR has been just lights out ever since. Alonso, he didn't hit that many home runs, but he knocked down the wall about six times at Nationals Park. Conforto has come through with some big hits. Lindor's bat has come alive a little bit. Baez continues to hit home runs and, and, and impress with the bat and the way he runs the bases. So dial it down. Now I'm not going to dial it down. You, you want to talk about the defense, too? You could have had a, maybe a double play at the end of that game. I mean, that was no. a hard hit ball. No shot. No, but no. I'm, no and listen, you know, no, 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 no. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You're not right. making that, that Baez, kind of double play. Bias and VR are hitting everything. They're both on fire. Bias is scorching hot. VR is scorching hot. You couldn't keep him out of the lineup against Corbin, and that's why J.D. Davis has not been playing because you you don't trust J.D. Davis and his defense in left field. Jeff McNeil flashed some leather uh, in left field on on Labor Day. He did well. Bias defensively. Lindor's getting hot a little bit. Pilar. Big big home run. Everyone's getting hot, but it still doesn't take away from you needed that game on Monday, and you need to stop leaving guys on base and grounding into double plays. I mean, we're seeing the remnants, the here and there, the small ball. But figure, yes, they won three out of five, but it took an extra inning game that Diaz blew Friday. It, it took a, Doesn't you know, it, it's take, it Wins took a nine-nothing lead yeah, blown. That was terrible. It's the last place Nationals Doesn't facing matter. the That's- Mets on the schedule, Figgy, after these three with the Marlins. Yankees, Cardinals, Phillies, Red Sox, Brewers. It's gonna and the Yankees get just, And the Yankees damn near got swept by Baltimore. It's baseball, Jake. It's baseball, Susan. That's why I'm I'm Susan now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is this is the thing that you have to understand is that the other team doesn't think we're the worst team in baseball. The other team doesn't say we can't win this game today. The other team gets in there and says, you know what? Let's find a way to win. That's why everybody goes out there still in September. That's why all these guys for the Nationals who are trying to play for jobs and expanded roles for next year, like a Andrew Stevenson. Our oh, screw that guy. President. Who does he think he is? Yeah, uh, well, he's Andrew Stevenson. You're going to remember his name next time, and you won't take him for granted and give him a, a half-ass slider after you get him to swing and miss at two that almost bounce in the dirt. You've got to take details <sighs> into account. You've got to be able to finish people off. You've got to be able to not – leave balls over the middle of the plate because these are professional hitters. I don't care what uniform they have on. I don't care what their numbers were before that at bat even. You have to go and finish the job. You have to have that killer instinct. Diaz has had it at times, and when he's feeling on, he's one of the most unhittable 
pitchers in baseball, but you just saw something in him today where it was like he was, you know, nitpicking around the uh, around the strike zone. He wasn't going right through the strike zone, challenging guys, and the shadow started creeping up, and everything was in his favor. And it was like no one reminded him, "Hey, it's hard to see up there. You're throwing 99 with all this kind of movement, and he's trying to throw these, you know, breaking balls where he's actually taking speed off." I think the lowest one I saw was 87. His normal slider is 91, 92. So he didn't have a good feel for it. He was trying to place it rather than throw it and, and trust that McCann would block it. And it led to, you know, the Mets winding, losing that game. They went eight and three in these 11 games so far that we said that where they could turn the tide and try and shake off the ass whoopings that they took from the Dodgers and Giants over those 14 games. In three, they, now they're going to Miami and they have a chance to whoop up on a team that just got out of last place. They just need to continue to play good baseball, continue to do the little things that they're very good at when they do it right. We see uh, aggressive base running. We're seeing really good defense, especially up the middle. You got Pilar, who's playing so inspired right now because you lose Brandon Nimmo and really he's not missed a beat. He's played so well both defensively and offensively. So uh, there's a lot to be encouraged about. This is what we talked about, having a September to remember. And you're on board. Stop with it. You're never going <laughs> to. You can't stand this guy. You want to trade this guy. You want to get rid of that guy. These guys are, are, are banding together, and they're trying to find a way to continue to play winning baseball. They lost today's game, but that doesn't mean they didn't have a chance to play winning baseball. Diaz definitely has to have that killer instinct at all times. But who knows how spent he is as well, and it, whether it's a mental thing or physical thing because he's still 99 but i just saw him guiding that slider way too much like he was afraid that he wasn't gonna be able to finish it and and he didn't as zach brazil our new york post colleague texts us he cannot be the closer next year so 17 blown saves in two years and two months that my friend is pathetic and the people want to say he's he's having a good year three let's listen that would be 14 months of baseball which would be 1.2 Blown saves a month. Yeah, you can't go by that. And listen, listen. If you want to say he's having a great year, three six two ERA. Every Met reliever. I mean, Jake Reed has a better. Every Met reliever is having a better season than Edwin Diaz. So by the Mets' current bullpen standards, he's been their worst reliever on the current Mets. Worst <laughs> you just reliever, went to Jake Reed for your bar again. I'm just saying the entire bullpen. He's no. approaching Corey Oswalt ERA. Oh my the God, way he's stop going. it. Stop it. Stop the drama. Again, when you're at the end of the game and you're blowing these saves and you're losing these games and you only got point one innings pitch and you give up two runs, your ERA gets super right, Give me another That's Baseball, Susan. I'll give you Nelson Figueroa's in Steve Cohen's booth. Nelson Figueroa's in Steve Cohen's booth. <laughs> no, oh, God. That's, that's, I think that's where, you know, I look at it from the fact that they had to play, you know, winning base. You're looking at nine and two, they could have been. Nine and two would have been very, very. Well, that's the thing. They teased it, us. They no, teased they, us. They teased themselves. They're teasing us. They didn't teach they you. Have to sweep. Listen, you have to sweep tomorrow. No excuses. I don't. You're you're all happy, giddy. Who's you could have won four out of five. You're all giddy over there. You're smart. You look like Darth Vader with that hood. You're a Lord Sith over there with your hood on giddy. over there. What the hell's going on? Oh. Star Wars trilogy here. The uh, the tale of Edwin Diaz coming soon. Oh my God, Chewbacca. Uh, Where are you going right I, now? I don't know. Blame the lobster. <laughs> the lobster rolling. 
all the lobster. I was in the Legends again at Yankee Saturday, eating my face off. Uh-huh. My stomach hasn't recovered from Saturday, and this is, uh, as Brian says, elitist Jake strikes again. But this was this was a rough one. But yes, good news. Pete Alonso, 30th homer, 99th of his career. Trevor Williams continues to be serviceable for this team. Got to give him credit. Javi buys and the lineup coming together. You have to go in a sweep tomorrow because what's coming this weekend is not just the Yankees, but you have the 20th anniversary of 9-11. You're going to have a 50-50 crowd. In my opinion, I think it's going to be almost split between Mets and Yankees fans. You need to have hype going into this series and need to be within three. And listen, this Nationals team, hey, Stevenson, can you do this to the Braves this week? Can you win one or two against the Braves? Because as much as I like to yell, if they could win one against the Braves and the Mets sweep the Marlins, we're back to three, but we really should have been three at the end of Labor Day. And I, that's going to, I'm telling you, when they lose, when they miss the playoffs by one game, that, we'll remember this day on. and we'll say, Giddy Figgy, we're going to make t shirts, Giddy Figgy, and we'll donate those, Giddy Figgy. And when they lose by one game, Giddy Figgy will be angry, Figgy. Tides will turn. Well, Friday, catch a story, we will be all smiles because we will have a nice fundraiser podcast. The Eventbrite link is out there. Get your tickets, $9.11 to get in. We'll have a Jacob DeGrom signed helmet. Taiwan Walker, what, signed photo? Hat. A hat, hat from Taiwan Walker, J.D. Davis signed ball. And um, I spoke with uh, my connect through Nelly with the Yankees. He's getting me some signed autograph stuff from the Yankees. I'm going to have to probably pick up within the next two days from them to bring to, with me to catch. So I don't know exactly which items I'm getting. I'm also working on getting a couple of other really nice autograph things. John Franco very graciously said he would sign anything I brought to him, which is awesome. So being a part of that. Will he come though is the question. Can no, we get John none Franco of those guys, to show up? None of those guys can are, are able to make it because they've all been well in advance of the 20 year anniversary. They've been hired out all over the ballpark and all over the tri-state area you know anybody who was a met or a yankee at that time has been asked to make an appearance and and uh rightfully so because uh it was a very very trying time and the the way that those two teams represented new york was um something that i'll never forget and I'm very 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 proud of the way that they represented uh new york when it came to baseball and just you know trying to get back to some uh normalcy in, in life with everything that happened in 9-11 so we're going to do our part we're going to try and raise some money we're going to do the live podcast and then afterwards we're going to you know have our little watch party see what happens with this mets yankee series so come one come all whether you're a yankee fan whether you're a met fan we invite you to come hang out with us have a good time and there'll be a lot of raffles a lot of prizes we're going to do a 50 50 uh we're gonna do a lot of different things uh again the idea is to help raise a little bit of money and help uh have some remembrance for those who passed away in 9-11 and and those who continue to deal with the effects of 9-11 long after. It's 20 years already, man. It it feels like it's flown by so quickly. For myself, I remember it like it was yesterday when everything happened. So we'll get into that story during the live broadcast. But, you know, please, if you can make it, great. If you can't make it, there's a link in the, there's a GoFundMe that has been created by Catch Astoria where you can help and just donate. Also, there's a link at my rally up with my pitching lesson, uh, pitching lesson for four. You can bid on it. You can also click right underneath it and you can donate right there and uh, every little bit helps. So if you can't make it, if you can donate, we're looking at an opportunity to do some some good on a day that, you know, we try to remember those who were lost. Yeah. And, the, you know, the people we're supporting, those they never forget. I mean, losing family members and, you know, all the first responders 
responders who did an incredible job saving people's lives and risking their lives to go into the Twin Towers that day. I remember, you know, I was 10 years old, so I was getting out of school and my dad was working in the city. Uh, so I was worried. I'm like, I was hoping he was nowhere near. I think he was 40 blocks or so away, but, you know, he could see it from the top of his building where he was working in Manhattan and, you know, all the people were in the area. So we'll never forget and we will honor them Friday. Come on out. Nelly will be there, but Jeff Nelson should be there. He's usually somewhere around the country, but he will be in New York this weekend and it should be a crazy weekend at City Field. Hey, maybe I'll auction off a date with me. Uh, if, if you want to go on a date with me, the bidding starts at four pennies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe a chicken parm date, you know, I'll take you around town parm date. To, to eat chicken well, I can parm. Take where you shouldn't take them and that's a street vendor to eat lobster rolls at a, a what a street fair and wait not only that but can you show me that chain again yes i i did purchase a chain that says king so um on top of it i got three different color shirts that say a that's story three different so color have, chains right there that's gonna turn your neck I, three different colors too I, I, maybe i'll wear this friday i'll debut it friday <laughs> I'll wear my Astoria shirt with the king on top of it. So, you know, it is the true king of Astoria. Jake Brown, Nelson Figueroa, follow us on Twitter. Had amazing, but true. It was actually the chain and then the king was like on the side. There was king, queen, other words. I was like, I got got to get this. 40 bucks. It it was speaking to you, right? Yeah. I mean, I end up getting $40 chain, $25 t-shirts, and then a $20 lobster, $100 and a lemonade. $100 later, the street festival wiped me out. Yeah, but the street street festival never blew a save, so you're good with that. (laughs) The street festival wiped me out, put me on the toilet, and then the Mets put me on the toilet. Happy Labor Day. Enjoy your hot dogs. I'm Jewish. I don't even know Shana Tova, what you eat. Enjoy your matzo ball soup. I'm going to have some chicken noodle soup. All I know is when I told everybody about the podcast today and I reached out to a few people and I was like, ah, it's Labor Day. I doubt this is going to happen. Jim Brewer was one of the first people I reached out to because I wanted to see, you know, check in with him. Mets are playing pretty good ball and see where he's at. And he's now a Floridian and he sent me a message that I'm sorry, but I got to play it. You want to see why I'm mad? I'm the only man in America doing three podcasts on Labor Day. James Bradbury coming on the return of Blue Rush. If you're a giant fan, listen to that. Gangs All Here is back with me and Brian Costello this week. And then a Yankee podcast this morning. So you want to know why I'm angry? Because the Mets could have cheered me the hell up with a victory. And they could win. <laughs> Tell them why you're mad, son. Tell them why you're mad. No, uh... I, I listen, I, I, I get it. And it was an entertaining game for the most part. Again, they, they have you on the edge of your seat. They are seemingly capable of scoring runs uh, for the most part. They have a ton of guys on base. They got to come through again with that one extra clutch hit. If you can give them a little bit of room for error, you know, then again, 
saves aren't as easy or as frequent as they were in the days of Mariano and and Hoffman and Wagner. Those guys, I mean, they were lights out. They were lights out. But you can't compare every closer to some of the greatest of all time. Oh, God, I, I don't want to see him. He's got one year left of arbitration. I mean, if I'm the Mets, I see what the heck you could get for him on the trade market. And make Aaron Loop your closer next year. I feel a lot more confident with Aaron Loop Aaron being Aaron Loop closer. is pitched in like... 13 games this year. Stop it. It's false. Yeah, and every game he pitches in, Stop you're it. not worried at all. Give me Aaron Loop over you, I, I would uh, Listen, Aaron Loop has been phenomenal, but uh, again, he doesn't have the workload. And there were oh, so you're telling me you'd rather have Edwin Diaz be the closer in 2022 than Aaron Loop if you had the choice? Yep. Aaron, really? Yep. Aaron Loop has never been a closer. Aaron Loop has not that had is. to close games. Diaz has. Old strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for you next year. Yeah, I'll tell you right now, I bet you Aaron Loop won't be a closer anywhere in baseball. Brad Hand. How'd Brad Hand turn out? He was one of the greatest closers in the last three years. And he got he got signed to a one-year deal and then released twice already this year. Seriously? Come on. Closers aren't what they used to be, bro. Yeah, well, Edwin Diaz, we know what he is. And it's garbage right now. So turn it around. Sweep the Marlins and go into the Yankee series at the very worst four out. And even the wild card they're getting into. That's what I was mad. I was like, you automatically get a half game in both the division and wild card today. It's free of charge. It's on a silver platter. It's got the barbecue sauce, the cheeseburger, the hot dog, the bratwurst, the matzo balls. It's got everything on Labor Day. Oh, happy Jew year to everyone. Joining us next on Amazing But True. And come on out Friday again. Catch Joy 6 p.m. we start. So get there before 6. Get your drinks in. I'm sure we'll be doing shots all around for everyone. You'll need it to get through uh, this Mets season. So drink with us. Come eat with us. And uh, get those tickets at that Eventbrite link. Joining us next is the Executive Director of Heritage Works as we talk 9-11 and Mets memorabilia with Charlie Toronto. Next. Joining us now on Amazing But True, Jake Brown, Nelson Figueroa is Charlie Torano. He's the executive director of Heritage Works, and you can visit MetsHeritage.com and look through this collection. And Charlie, there's a lot of cool stuff dating back to that Piazza game and post 9-11 and autograph memorabilia and bases from that day. And, you know, I get chills every time, Charlie, watching back that Piazza Homer, Howie on the call, straightaway center, off Steve Carsey, who I believe was a New Yorker as well the Mets missed the playoffs that year but man what a moment this site has a lot of cool stuff from that game yeah it does I mean at Heritage Works that's kind of our responsibility you know to take a bunch of you know artifacts stories photos etc put them together and tell stories and you can't really tell the story of the New York Met or even New York you know without having something uh, about 9-11 and certainly uh, the 20th anniversary of 9-11 is uh, coming up this week so it's going to be a painful memory for a lot of us but um, it's our job to um, take those memories never forget and kind of bring out the good things that happened around that event as well uh, there's a very small silver linings like pulling us all together charlie mike piazza is a good friend of yours and you know he's my all-time favorite med and uh you know we spoke to him last year and you said you heard about that and you know that was the moment mike continuously i mean he probably gets sick of that getting asked about it but he's been asked about it so many times in the homer in that game but it was that special it was goosebumps worthy uh you've talked with mike about that what does he have to say about that game and you know that time period 
in New York? Well, as you know, Mike's a pretty spiritual and emotional guy. So his emotions were probably, and I'm not speaking for him, but just what he shared with me over, over cigars is that just to hold it together was enough. But then when the game started, it was the game. You know, at our Dardo Alfonso did his job like he did so many times getting on base for Mike. And then, you know, Mike was just looking for a pitch he could square up and drive. You know, fortunately, you know, he was ready for it and, uh, you know, really delivered. One funny thing, not funny, but kind of, if you know Mike, it kind of makes sense. You know, he's like, you know, every time I hit a home run, every time I touch the base, I never felt my foot hit the base because I was just always on this like, you know, 45 second high. He goes, I, you know, hardly remember running around the bases that night. You know, it just happened before you know it. You know, you're getting mobbed. And then all of a sudden, you know, the fans just don't stop cheering. And, uh, you know, you have to go out for a curtain call in the eighth inning. The game's not even over, but you have to go out a curtain call for a lead. But, you know, you just follow the tone of, of the fans that night. Yeah, what an incredible moment uh, with everything going on in the country at the time. And for Mike Piazza, the, the man who was a hero to many, to step up and be so clutch as he normally was in a Met uniform, to, to be able to hit that ball. I was in Philadelphia when Scott Rowland kind of did the same thing for us. We were playing against the Braves when we came back and he gave us the lead with this towering home run to right center field. And you heard the USA chants and everything going around the ballpark. And it was just a that feeling of solidarity with everything going on in the world where baseball, you know, being the national pastime, had a chance to kind of pacify those uh, violent moments for just a few hours, a few short hours and make people, you know, have something to believe in again. What are some of the unique items that you have in your collection or one of the most unique items you have in your collection that you don't feel any other collector has? Well, I mean, it's certainly sort of a collection that doesn't belong to anybody but the public. It's sort of, we all share the collection. We can do that, you know, on the side. But, you know, the Piazza jersey is so cool because it's got the American flag, you know, embroidered on the back. You know he was in it when he hit that home run. We have a collection of those SDNY and NYPD ball caps you know, that all the players were wearing. Photos of Bobby V going to ground zero. All the photos of the players. Really, the story was kind of capped that night. But prior to that night, you know, a lot of the players were spending their off time loading up trucks to send to ground zero. Shea Stadium was really transformed into a reception place waiting for survivors and as a staging area. So the Mets jumped you know, right into the help mode, you know, as fast as they could. So just to see those and the photography of, you know, of all these fans, the looks of their faces prior to the eighth inning and then the looks on their faces after the eighth inning, it's really, uh, it can tell you what that one hit did. You got any cool stories about Mike? You say you've been friends with him. What don't we know about Mike Piazza <laughs> that you could reveal? Oh, my gosh. Well, the good thing is it's everything that you would expect. You know, he's a great husband, three wonderful, beautiful kids. Lives in Italy, you know, loves his pasta. He loves his family. Uh, you know, he, there's no real story story, I think, that I can tell you other than, you know, I did travel with him to Italy for a while to visit his soccer team play. And, you know, he just goes all in on everything that he does. And he's just a wonderful guy. And uh, he's going to be there Saturday night. I'll be there as well at City Field. But, uh, I don't think he gets tired of, here's look at his best story. So we're in New York, we go have lunch, we're walking four blocks to um, a cigar spot that we always go to. Within those four blocks, he gets stopped probably 15 times. And every single time he stops, takes a picture, hears the story, gets the selfie out. I'm usually the guy I have to take the selfie, but he never really gets 
tired of the fans approaching him on the street. Not that, and some recognize him and some don't. But you know, he's just not one of those guys that takes what he's been given in this fame for granted. He's just just as wonderful to anybody, a president or a CEO of a company, as he would the guy that hops out of his car, literally hops out of his car, jumps over the sidewalk, and has to get a picture. And he's like, "Dude, slow down, be careful," you know. So, <laughs> and um, yeah, he's a wonderful guy. And I haven't heard him sing, but I know he's pretty musically inclined. That's one thing he's kind of warned me of that you don't want to hear him sing. Oh boy, but he does everything else. Well, we might have to give him a call and get him to sing because you know I know he could. Then he he told us that he wanted to be was it a drummer in a rock band? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The drummer. He's a great drummer. Really great drummer. Then there's some stuff on YouTube. I think he played at his brother's wedding or something. It was pretty cool. But yeah, he's a really good musician. Yeah, I think sometimes people get a lot of talent genes and he, he certainly got that. How did your friendship start with Mike? Well, Mike and I met through, he was a spokesman for the National Italian American Foundation, and I was on the board. So we sat at a table together and got to be friends. And I was just moving to uh, Miami at the time, and he was, he was like, hey, you enjoy a cigar? I'm like, yeah, I do enjoy a cigar occasionally. So, you know, I was like, oh, you know, guy says, give him a call. It's like, you know, I don't really want to call Mike Piazza, you know. Did he really mean it and that kind of thing? And I called him up. He's like, hey, let's go have lunch tomorrow. We'd have lunch. When we're in the same town, we have lunch a few times uh, a week you know, and grab a cigar and, and talk about life. And uh, he's just a wonderful, thoughtful guy. And uh, he's just a good friend. You know, in truth, I didn't really follow his baseball career that much. I knew, of course, who he was, but certainly come to appreciate what he did on the diamond um, because I hear it so much. A cigar smoking, uh, drumming, home run hitting, <laughs> greatest hitting catcher uh, in baseball history, Mike Piazza, and MetsHeritage.com. There's a lot of stuff on here, Charlie. There's not just from 9-11, but I'm looking through, and there's, you know, yearbooks signed, and Jerry Kuzman stuff, and Seaver, like you said, and, you know, wor- trophies and rings, and I admire this stuff because I'm a guy... Charlie, that collected every Mets yearbook in history. I, you know, when I was with Figgy last week, Tim Tuffle let me wear his 86 ring. And I eat that kind of stuff up, especially considering I haven't seen a World Series in my lifetime. Being yeah, years old, there we go. I, have, I haven't seen anything. So I eat up sports memorabilia, and I think a lot of this stuff is cool, and I think the Mets do a pretty good job of going back in their history. There's still some numbers that they need to retire and put up, but, you know, Jerry Kuzman was a nice step a week or two ago. So uh, I eat up this uh, Mets history stuff. Well, you know, every fan became a fan at a different point in time. For some of us, you know, it may have been, you know, in the 70s or the 80s, but, you know, yourself, you know, in in 2000 or late 90s. But when you did become a fan, you know, you have to be reminded of what was great, what was magical when you first became a fan. And uh, at Heritage Works, that's what we did for the Mets. But you have to have a team that really embraces their heritage, wants to share it. We're really fortunate to work with the Mets. Again, they couldn't couldn't be better partners to work with from ownership all the way down, you know, Howie's fantastic, Lorraine Hamilton. The whole crew is really supportive, and, you know, they trusted us to tell these stories, and we do a, uh, the best job that we can every day. Charlie Torano, Executive Director of Heritage Works. Check out everything they got at MetsHeritage.com. Look back at the collection 9-11 as we remember it 20 years later, and it's something we'll do on Friday, Charlie, as we do a Catch a Story, a live fundraiser podcast where all proceeds will be going to the families of 9-11 and first responders. So if if you're listening to this, come out Friday, $9.11 to get in, and all proceeds go into a great cause. Remember 9-11. Charlie, thanks for sharing your insight and collectible items with us and talking a little bit about my favorite Met, Mike Piazza. We appreciate you coming on Amazing But True. Well, keep up the work. Good work, guys. Hope to see you soon. 
That's a sayonara to episode 84. Definitely not the Edwin Diaz episode of Amazing But True, our Mets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to you, Jake and Brian Munguia, for producing the show. Give Amazing But True a five-star rating and write in a nice review on Apple Podcasts. Email us at amazingbuttruepod at gmail.com or tweet us at amazingbuttrue. For Nelson Figueroa, I'm an angry Jake Brown. We'll be back on Friday with our live Subway Series 9-11 fundraiser podcast, 6 p.m. Catch a story of Be There. Come out for a great cause. Thanks for listening, and let's go Mets.